0: Good morning and welcome to The Morning Fix. Today's talk is with Beth Henry of Curative. You know, here in Texas, the name Curative became very well known during the pandemic because they played a really important part in helping us get tested and vaccinated for COVID-19. So we're really happy to have Beth here with us today to talk about the company's next chapter. Welcome to the show, Beth.
1: Wonderful. Thanks so much for having me, Julie.
2: Beth, it's no secret that health insurance has become a bigger and bigger expense for American families. Can you tell us about how Curative is working to help make those costs more transparent and affordable?
1: Yeah, absolutely, Amy. I mean, it's such an important um, issue uh, today, and we're seeing so much that's reported in the news right now about um, just how unaffordable healthcare is becoming, and importantly, how that's impacting people, and you know them facing, you know, trade offs between like basic uh, necessities and really having to defer care. They just can't afford to use the system. So when you think about it, um, if you look at uh, deductibles for an average benefit plan, um, and the fact that those deductibles have increased about sixty percent in the last like ten years, and so, like I said, people are 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 putting off care, and and those unintended consequences are pretty startling. Um, you know we've looked at some statistics that like 44% of people would not seek care if the cost is greater than $500 even if that would put their health at a serious risk and then generally 40% of people and an upwards of 60% if you're in a high deductible plan are delaying medical appointments and care. And and that includes preventive care. Even though preventive care is typically covered 100% by your health plan, if you find out that there's something wrong in that preventive care visit and and can't afford to follow up on it, people are just foregoing You know, going to the doctor at all. And we just think at Curative that that is unacceptable. And so we are bringing an alternative approach to the market. And it's kind of a novel uh, Netflix type idea where you pay your monthly premium or your subscription fee and then you're covered. It's as simple as that. Um, You know, we offer, as part of that, a zero-dollar copay, zero-dollar deductible plan, but it requires a higher level of engagement, you know, from our members in order to to get that zero-dollar plan. We conduct a baseline visit with um, within the first 120 days to meet our members where they are. To understand their health history, their goals, and then we provide, you know, trusted support through a care navigator um, to support our members along their health journey. So it's a very, very different approach to health insurance.
2: Well, what about in situations where there's, you know, for instance, say a complicated pregnancy or a million-dollar pregnancy, as, as we've heard, how does that impact their, you know, then uh, your subscribers paying into their to their plan or their Is it just a, a, a one-time fee or are there exceptions? How does that work?
1: There are there are no exceptions to your medical coverage once you um, engage through the baseline visit and you know get support through um, care navigation. I mean we're there to support our members and we know that there will be those instances where there um, there is a high cost to the medical circumstance. But importantly, we're connecting our members, let's say a, a pregnant member, with um, guidance and support in our maternal health program where um, hopefully we can support and guide that member through their pregnancy and making sure that they're getting all the right prenatal care to hopefully avoid those situations. Because I think our overall philosophy is that getting care early and often is how you're going to really avoid, you know, small problems turning into those really big problems like you just, um, you know, you just mentioned.
0: Yeah. So this is almost mind exploding
1: in a lot of ways. It is, like, yeah. It, you it, know, yeah. I'm
0: like, wait a minute, what? No copays, no deductibles, like, you know. So, you know, the um, the journalism um, person in me is sort of skeptical, I would yeah. say. Um, so, you know, that's got to create some marketing challenges for you. And mm-hmm. I would love to know, you know, how you, I know you're fairly new to curative, but, you know, how are you and your marketing team Um, going to educate, you know, not only the the sort of the end subscribers, but also the businesses that you work with to, you know, get get companies enrolled. So how do you overcome some of these marketing and messaging challenges that, you know, it seems like you're wanting to turn the whole insurance industry on its head a little bit?
1: Exactly, exactly. And, you know, it is a challenge, but when when I look at what we're trying to do from a marketing perspective, I think you have to hit those challenges, you know, head on, um, and we're, and not skirt the issue. Um, and the um, disruptive model that we're bringing to the market is our our biggest strength. And so, our our recent marketing campaign we we call it the No Really campaign. It's like yes, really, this is what we're doing, and. And it can work, and there are plenty of, you know, empirical uh, studies out there that um, really support the fact that early health engagement and preventive care can really control costs, and that's that's kind of what it comes down to. But from a marketing perspective, you know, our our campaign. Um, we're out there really touting the no copays, no deductibles, no really. Um, that's what we're offering, and that's what we're educating um, the market on. Um, the notion that, you know, we've got health benefits that are actually beneficial. And I think what Curative is doing, along with our very unique uh, benefit plan, we're bringing a really fresh voice to how we're marketing the plan. And I think it it just it resonates. It's the kind of thing where, you know, you see our advertising and it's like, oh man, yeah, I get that. And we're tapping into this, I think, emotional nerve um, where everybody can sort of relate to the terrible experience that you've had with the health system. And we're saying we don't have to accept that it can be different. And I think that fresh voice is really breaking through. And then it's just a lot of um, education, or uh, with the varied stakeholders that are in our ecosystem, because we sell through intermediaries, um, you know, brokers, and the first sale takes place with employers. And then you know the, the end member and consumer um, brings up the, the rear. So it's a lot of education upfront about what we're offering, I mean, and and how we're doing it. Um, it's a it's a plan that really focuses on engagement and we're putting the spotlight where it's rightly deserved that today's traditional and high deductible plans have not lived up to their promise you know and and in fact there's been a really detrimental um consequence to to those those benefit plans
2: so beth i'm kind of with julie where i'm scratching my journalistic head over here and thinking hmm this sounds this sounds amazing. Maybe a little too good to be true. I mean, we've had, you know, the the insurance industry in this country has had a lot of challenges, and you know, it's oftentimes compared to European models and other and other global models that. Seem to work. I know they are different systems, but seem to work a little bit better. Why do you think that this this is supposed to be the next wave or the the next greatest thing? That, and do you think it will solve uh, a a good bit of our problems here in the country?
1: Yeah, I mean, I really, I, I really do. I think that you know the the private healthcare system certainly. Um, it, you know, dominates here in the the U.S. and is one that has led to, um, you know, a a competitive market system around, you know, quality healthcare. It's become unaffordable. And the way that, you know, cost shifting has occurred to employees has just resulted in a significant challenge and what we believe to be you know a problem where where people are just not getting the care that they need. Now, there are behavioral issues out there as well and that's something that that our plan is also um very much seeking to address in a, in our um in our plan and it's a very complex problem but to to us that engagement and really that high touch model with our members is the way that we can truly get our arms around the health challenges that any individual is facing and and help them navigate their way through um, the system and making sure that they're getting that right care at the right time and in the right setting which tends to be you know the most cost effective way of doing it and i think that the traditional players they talk about engagement but there's so so much distrust around you know the big traditional players in the marketplace where They've made just a very consistent practice of, you know, kind of denying care. And and that's just not our philosophy at all, because we think in the long run, that just costs more and people get um, unhealthier along the way. And we want to turn that on its head.
0: Well, we're excited to see how this progresses. Um, You know, I was thinking, boy, I wish I had 51 employees so that um, I could potentially, you know, join up with this. You talked about the No Really campaign. Um, Can you discuss any other upcoming marketing initiatives or campaigns that you're excited about?
1: Yeah, no. I mean, we are we are going to continue with that no, really campaign. We are um, putting greater emphasis on those business intermediaries and the the B two B audience because that's really where the first sale takes place, um, and that's where we really have to prove out and demonstrate exactly how our model works in order to deliver value, um, you know, to those stakeholders so that ultimately our plan gets to the end, you know, member and, and employee. So you're going to see a lot more um, emphasis B2B and um, we do have an exciting um, sponsorship that we just uh, launched uh, with Austin FC that we're very um, excited about. Um, it gives us an opportunity to bring those B2B stakeholders out and um, to have some really, you know, quality conversations with them, but still reach um, a broad set of eyes, um, you know, for consumers in the Austin uh, marketplace. Um, We're doing, you know, some some great things at Dell Match Play coming up here um, in the next few weeks. And then we're just going to continue to get our fresh voice out there, both, um, you know, B2B and B2C. Um, You'll see us um, doing a lot of, you know, digital marketing and, um, you know, digital campaigns and, and lead nurturing. I mean, we're really, really focused on targeting, um, you know, uh, modern marketing and, um, you know, really proving out sort of the science of marketing, um, and making, you know, a fairly limited marketing budget, um, deliver significant impact. And Beth,
2: how does data play into these strategies?
1: Oh my goodness. Um, well, I'm sure that all of the marketers out there who are are listening, are you know fully appreciating the fact that marketing more and more is um, becoming a science? You know, we all love the 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 creativity and the art of marketing, but at the end of the day, it's all about reaching your target audience with you know relevant messaging and and being able to measure the impact um, of that so we're we're just really um leveraging data to reach our b two b stakeholders. It's a very long sales cycle in our business. So that lead nurturing process and um, monitoring engagement, scoring those potential leads, and then, you know, uh, turning them over, to our sales team in a very aligned partnership. Um, you know, our goal is to just really build that sales pipeline, and you need data at every step of the way in order to do that.
2: Also, Beth, I want to ask. I want to switch a little bit here and ask about um, healthcare insurance access inequity. Uh, you know, obviously there are populations that. Uh, don't receive health care because they can't afford it. It's unaffordable. Um, what is curative doing to reach um, all uh, all populations and to make sure everybody's covered?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean we play our, a really important role in, in health equity and that's another way, quite honestly that that data is um, is really important as we look across our membership because it's not only about, uh, you know, winning business. I mean, that's really, that's really important. And we are targeting a full cross section of employers and, and quite honestly, our, our benefit plan has, uh, our, our segment is really at the smaller end of the employer, um, uh, market where you've got, um, employers who who are uh, employing a broad range of, of individuals of very very different socioeconomic backgrounds. So I think that in order to um, you know address that that issue you really have to know your members and um, and then understand some of the particular challenge, that challenges that they're facing in terms of getting care and, and having that outreach. And I think, again, our high engagement model where we're doing those baseline visits up front and we've got care navigators to support helping people to get what they need, um, that's so, so important. And then we also had an incredibly strong focus um, on health inequity as part of our COVID-19 services and we're going to continue to focus on that with our health insurance plan going forward.
0: Well, we really appreciate hearing that and I know more companies are, you know, making that a priority. So, you know, thank you for that effort. We do have one personal question for you. I saw on your LinkedIn profile that you count motherhood as your most important role. And I believe you have four kiddos. Is that right?
1: I sure do. Yes, I do. So
0: tell us how motherhood has, you know, influenced your career and how you've made decisions along the way.
1: Oh, my goodness. That's a a wonderful, wonderful question. And I am, um, I am so, Focused on supporting women in in the workplace, and I think whenever you reach those senior ranks um, in whatever discipline you're in, um, it's really important to uh, just pay it forward and to support people who are coming up behind you, who are, you know, just facing the the everyday challenge of juggling your career and your your family life and. I just think being a mom really gives gives you empathy. I mean, you I think one of the first things that that happens to you as as a new parent, um you realize that you're not the center of the universe anymore. And um so I think in the same way that that you care about, you know, supporting your kids, I think you start to care about just um the environment that you're creating in the workplace, uh, for your team, you know, not, not so much in a, in a maternal way, although sometimes yes, but, um, I, I think that as a leader, you really need to be deliberate in terms of creating a culture where your team can thrive and really drive, drive impact. And I think in order to do that, um, you need to care about your people. And so, for me, I just think being a parent um, translates in so many, many ways like that um, into the workplace. And and I know for sure that um, I am a I am a better leader uh, for being a mother than I would be if if I didn't have have my kids.
2: So, what what one piece of advice would you give uh, mothers in the workforce?
1: I would say, get help whenever you need it. Don't be afraid. You don't have to do it all, and you know some days are are going to be easier than others, and um, you have to give yourself the grace that at times it's going to be a little messy and that's okay.
2: Well, thank you for that, Beth. These are difficult topics that we tackle here in the med tech industry and um, we appreciate your insight.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me.
2: We always have one question that we ask all of our guests. What do you do for your morning
1: fix? Oh, my morning fix. So definitely involves, um, a good amount of coffee. Um, caffeine is, is a necessary part of my morning. Um, but the other kind of fun thing that I do with a couple of, uh, friends of mine, we all do Wordle, uh, in the morning and we kind of share our results. It's a a little bit of competition, a little bit of fun. Um, but, uh, it kind of gets gets the juices flowing to start the day. I love that. Um, I'm usually a late night wordler, um, but <laughs> I don't think
0: I have <laughs> enough brain power in the morning for wordle. So I, I applaud you for that. <laughs>
2: well, uh, it's great.
0: thanks again so much for joining us today, and we're excited to watch um, how you're able to help navigate curative through this new chapter, and to all of our listeners for on The Morning Fix. We will be back to you soon with more great episodes. Thanks again.
1: Thank you.